Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. WTIC's Computer Talk with Tab is brought to you by GoNetSpeed, your choice for crazy fast fiber internet. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And that's Dennis Halnon. He's one of the engineers at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC or 522-WTIC. Uh, we will be having Wes uh, Bryan from IT Pro TV on uh, at the 10 o'clock hour. And uh, we're excited to have Wes on every now oh, and yeah. then. Talk about how you can become a geek, how you can get into technology with some training from IT Pro TV right yeah. from your own computer. The door is open. It's it's really an amazing approach to instruction. So they'll be he'll be talking about that uh, after the 10 o'clock hour. But as usual and customary, well, let me remind you that 9 o'clock hour is a lot easier to get online. So 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, give Justin something to do, answer the phones. And as we wait, we'll do our normal usual, usual and customary technology news. What do you got going on? What I've got going on involves everybody's favorite car company, yeah, Tesla. Oh, what are they doing? Or not well, doing? it looks like yesterday they had a tiny little problem. Oh really? How very it, tiny, minor, just minor, like really the, minor. You couldn't change the volume on the radio or something. That kind of minor. No. Oh, no, like you, maybe you couldn't. The windshield wipers stopped working. No, not oh, like that. So it's uh, how minor was you it? couldn't uh, unlock your car and drive it. Oh, that doesn't sound minor. Oh well, okay. <laughs> uh, I have a BBC News article about an outage to their uh, smartphone app yeah. that controls the car and all those functions including getting in yep and uh, allowing you to turn it on right so uh you know people were complaining on twitter mm-hmm. and uh elon musk actually found that out and he posted a tweet saying checking into it yeah very nice nice and, elon and uh you know they fixed <clears throat> it mm-hmm. but you know this is something that we talk about all the time they're a company that pushes the envelope of what they can do right and they've got an app here that people are depending on right and it's got to be up and running a hundred percent of the time right otherwise as you saw in some of these twitter posts i'm an hour away from home i can't get my car to start (laughs) oh todd (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, the question I have is... That's Dr. Is, Todd to you. The question I have is, why yes. don't these people have their like their key fobs or whatever else they can use to yeah. get into the car and drive it? Right. They're depending on the smartphone app. It's ridiculous. And it's because the company promises them that they can use it and they can rely on it. Well, you can't. No. It's like anything in the cloud, people. Yes. If your car is not talking to the cloud and you can't start your car, you should really start thinking about, what you're, what you're, what are you doing? You really deserve to sit there for an hour and wait for <laughs> wait for Elon to to kick the servers right. on again. And and all you had to do was to keep your fob in your pocket. Right, but fobs that's so that's oh. so nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> oh yeah, we can't be bothered with that. Elon told us that we can always unlock our car through the smartphone app. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and people do the same thing with with pay apps, right? You've connected oh, your yes. your smartphone or your smart watch to a credit card, but of course, if the if your internet connection goes down and you're sitting there at the restaurant and your watch isn't connected, all of a sudden you're going to be doing dishes. You can't oh, dine yeah. and dash anymore. What? No? You shouldn't be. So, well, I mean, guys, you need to keep some you know, actual plastic on you, maybe a, maybe a couple of paper bills or, every now and again. Well, I was going to say, how about a little bit of actual cash, yeah. too? Why not? Not just, again, sounds so old-fashioned, Dennis. This is a basic <laughs> IT principle. You've got to have your backup. Yes. Now, anybody who actually owns a Tesla who's in IT has a fob. Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> they, oh, yeah. <laughs> they were not going to be stuck the way those of you who just believe it's going to last forever. So interesting. We'll put that story up there for you. If you're a Tesla user, you probably already know that happened to you. Um, cryptocurrency. So oh. my favorite topic, cryptocurrency's climate impact, what's really being done about it. So this story here uh, talks about the cost in an energy of cryptocurrency mining, crypto miners hungry for hashtags are generating enough emissions to single-handedly increase global warming. Really? Yes. So, whether you believe in global warming or not, I'm not even going to discuss that. This article says it's doing it. Okay. And I'm appealing to those young folks out there who thinks crypto is the way to go. If you, if you care about the planet, stop investing in cryptocurrency. It's fake money. So, in fact, coal and gas-powered energy generation uh, plants are reopening around the world. Oh. For example, in Seneca, New York, a private investment firm converted a previously shuttered coal facility. Wait a minute. Now, isn't that going to blow over to Connecticut? Wait. I, I we thought we had a deal here. Yeah. I mean, do we really want more coal being burned? Yeah, I guess so. They're going to they're convert that over to a natural gas. It was converted to natural oh. gas. It was okay. shuttered uh, in 17. It started. It's going to go ahead and now fire it back up. Because it d didn't want to deal with any kind of shortages of, of power. So it's going to operate thousands of supercomputers to do Bitcoin mining operations at the facility. So they're firing up fossil fuel plants to run computers to mine cryptocurrency. And if you, you want to understand this a little better, if you ever th watch your computer kick on and the fan starts really ro running high when you start doing some sort of mathematical calculation or video work or whatever you're doing if the fan the, the fan kicks on you can hear yeah. your computer kind of saying oh i got to cool it now yeah. crypto mining is a 24/7 operation of that high intensity of of dealing with the wow. blockchain wow yeah so basically it's it produces enough uh, it uses enough energy to point be as much as all the super uh, the uh, data centers in the world so oh. we're using data centers in the, all over the world to run amazon netflix all you know, Google, Microsoft. Yeah. Now, crypto mining is becoming is as large as that entire industry. Correct. Holy yes. mackerel! You can't. You cannot care about the planet 
and say you want cryptocurrency. Now, as wow. a libertarian, again, I love the idea of cryptocurrency, right? If sure. Having you know the government out of your business. I mean, you got our government looking at possibly everybody's bank accounts if they have six hundred bucks in it. Well, you know what? You can't look at my crypto wallet. No. So well. No, you can't. It's encrypted. You don't know how much I got in there. <laughs> well, haven't, haven't technically we I've had... got zero because that'd be pretty uh, ridiculous of me if I had any in there. I have nothing. Well, haven't we had reports of the FBI stealing crypto back from ransomware operators? We have. Yeah. So that I got a feeling they had something to do with like uh, fingernails and things under their fingernails. Well, and make I, yeah, them get they the had. They up. had. They had some kind of inside data. Yeah, yeah but otherwise absolutely. it's encrypted, right? So yeah. you don't know how much I've got in there, right? You, you know, and. And I, I appreciate that thought, but it's 150,000 times, and not using that number sillyly, it is true, less efficient than using your dollar bill at a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> um, so if you care at all about the planet, <laughs> I'm pleading to you on that side of the equation, yeah. do, not, do not get involved in cryptocurrency. So I'll put the link up here. You can read it yourself um, from this, this guy over here, um, Samuel Greengard. Uh, and uh, he talks about this, and you know, take it for what it's worth. Who? If you care about the future, if you care about the children, don't we all? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that usually works for everything else, so right? Why and uh, you know, other problem with cryptocurrency is it's fueling all those ransomware operations. Oh, that's the main reason I hate it. I mean, yeah. if it didn't do that, if it was more traceable, if they did have regulation on it, so you. You, but again, that defeats the purpose of the libertarian idea. Correct. Right. So correct. It's 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 fighting back and forth, but it is the bane of our existence in our in our world. Ransomware yeah. encrypt and, and being uh, ransom for your your data is all based on because of you can get paid with crypto. Right. So what else you got there, Dennis? Well, I've got a uh, bunch of hoax emails that oh. went out of an FBI email server. Wait a minute, FBI. Oh no, the FBI doesn't has done a great job in the recent history of helping folks with uh, what's going on out there. What did they do well, here? Yeah, and they, they went and very helpfully cleaned up a whole bunch of people's exchange servers. Yes, they did. You know? Yeah, we were very well, happy about that. What happened here was that somebody got a hold of an outward-facing email server. Right, that, that the FBI runs. And guess what? Mm. It was misconfigured. Oh, man. So and it allowed them in, oh. and it allowed them control. I've got an article here by Brian Krebs about how the whole thing went down. Right. And the way it began was that he got one of these hoax emails. Right. So he was <laughs> he found out about it right from the start. He mm -hmm. knew something was fishy. Yep. And he looked into it and he explains exactly what happened. Right. And you know, the FBI apologized later, but Right. They also said, hey, make sure you don't open any emails from right. folks you don't know. Well, this, you we know you, and it's a right. legitimate <laughs> URL. It's from you. Right. It was actually from their domain. Right. And everything about it would have been che would have checked out, too. I mean, all of the all of the companies that check email mm -hmm. are going to look, they're going to backtrack that email, and it's... Every, at every step, it's completely valid. Right. So those went right through to everybody that got them. The problem is, most likely, if I had to guess, the analysts who do all the great cybersecurity work for the FBI are not the ones slapping up the website. Correct. You got some ding dong that you've got third party, low bidder, who knows oh, who. Right. They who, they probably had a contractor doing it, right. not their own specialist. Right. So you've got some third third world owned IT company probably spinning up your website. And uh, this is again with, or if, if, so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that that could have happened. If it was your actual cyber folks 
Shame on you guys. Oh, um, yeah. You guys are better than that. You are better than that. So we don't know exactly. Brian doesn't get that information. The beauty right. of this hoax email, though, was that the bad guy was actually just kind of playing with it. He wasn't going to take on the FBI, right? Right. He, he actually kind of sent out a goofy email. Right. You and knew it was kind of goofy right away. Yeah, He's I mean, not gonna... it, the first line in it is, hi, it's Pom Pom Purin, some kind of you know weird handle that he made up. Yeah. So right there, out of the the, the third word in the whole message right. is telling you that it's not valid. Correct. So, so he's kind of like saying, hey, FBI, you got a problem. Yeah. All the while, he's like, I don't, I'm not going to get on these guys' bad side. Of course, right. he just has now. I mean, I'm oh, sure, they, I'm sure yeah. they know where he is, and they got a drone pointed uh. right at his house. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be him right now. No. But uh, it's interesting. So we're going to be here till eleven o'clock, guys. Feel free to get online eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC are the numbers. Everything we've talked about will be posted over at computertalkwithtab.com, and we have two lines open for you. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we're here till 11 o'clock, so feel free to get online. It's kind of cold out there. You can cuddle up with your computer, and if it's crypto mining, you know it's really putting on some heat. Oh, yeah. That'll <laughs> warm you right up. <laughs> but let's get right to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. We're going to go right to Mike in the car first. What's happening, Mike? Hi. Good morning, guys. Thanks morning. for being out there. I'm learning a lot from you all the time, and I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Uh, following up on a little conversation you had last week about yeah. the uh i don't know if they're smart tvs or whatever but you had yep. mentioned visio by brand yeah right um and the data collection information collecting that they're doing and the fact that as a publicly traded company they're uh reporting more revenue from their data streams than they are the sale of their products right yes that's right and i was just i i asked kind of a two-pronged question and and i would hang up and and listen to your answer i just thought it was fascinating uh, first part of the question is how do they monetize that and and how do they gain that revenue and uh, i would assume other similar companies are doing that and does this same thing happen regardless of whether it's something that's hardwired in the home or wireless oh. so that's the first part of the question then secondly uh, I, I assume the same is true of the phone i'm on yes sir that, yes uh the companies may be in fact creating more revenue from the sale of information mm-hmm. so who are they how do they monetize it who are they selling it to and uh, i guess even a, a third part is um <laughs> because you guys often get into a little bit of the political weeds mm-hmm. um do these private or publicly traded companies sell basically what is consumer information to the government for whatever purposes mm. Yeah. And is the government a, a, a purchaser of this data? And sure. uh, I, I hang up and listen, and, and yeah. I do appreciate the uh, the uh, expansion on the topic, if you if you could. Yeah, sure. We're happy to. I appreciate um, that. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Mike. Have a great, great day. Thanks you too. for being there again. Bye-bye. Yeah, our pleasure. So basically, you know, his question is this, you know, is the data collection happening wired or wirelessly? The answer is yes. Both. Yes, both. You're connected yeah. to the Internet. Uh, they're, they're collecting everything, whether it be location. Whether it be where you're frequently, where you're, where you're, who you're, freak, who you're hanging out with, where you're buying stuff, you know, your phone knows you went to the Home Depot, right? Your credit card knows you bought something at Home Depot, right? All this is called metadata, mm-hmm. right? That's why Facebook changed their company name to Meta. For some reason, they think that's better than Facebook. I mean, Facebook uh, I, is, yeah, I don't, I don't know, uh, but hey, what? You know, I'm not a, I'm not a marketing guy, right. so what do I know? 
but they're selling your metadata. And this data is being sold to all sorts of companies who want to know about you. They want to, yes. since they, since your phone and everything about you already knows your age, your, your, probably your gender, probably your, your affiliation of, of whatever your political affiliation is, because they know where you've been surfing or you've been, every, they know everything. Yes. Every time you sign up for any service that you, they give you for free, you're the commodity. Mm-hmm. It's free because you're the commodity. They're selling everything yes. about you. In the old days, they had to have you do these surveys. They had to have you fill out. You had to volunteer the information. Mm-hmm. Now they say, here's a phone. Go be you. Right. <laughs> and we and know everything about we you. know everything that you're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As far as the government paying for it, I would contend the government's got some sort of investment in these companies. Yeah, they might. And they're getting something back well, for giving, getting the information from places well, like Facebook and well, Twitter they, and whatnot. Well, they did you. invest in Palantir, I believe. What is Palantir? It's, it's one of the companies that uh, they are an AI company and mm. they aggregate data. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that it's owned or partly owned by Peter Thiel. I don't know that either. Oh, yeah. I have to look this up, Dennis. Yeah, um, but but yes, and the, then there's Intelius and a bunch of others too. Gotcha. But the point yeah. is, the data is out there. You're, you've given it away every time you signed up for an app that was free. You know, even your even your little, you know, your your recipe app. It probably sure. wants to know your location. You're going to ask yeah. yourself why. I told you guys about my dehumidifier. It wants to know my location. <laughs> so when I bring up the app, it says, "Welcome home." I know I'm home. Really? I don't need my dehumidifier <laughs> made in Taiwan to tell me I'm home. Why do they know? So, again, you got to turn off that location stuff. But everything yes. you've got is tracking you these days, whether Absolutely. you're surfing, your phone, you know. Heck, if you're driving a Tesla, Elon knows where you are. Oh, he, he does. So uh, it's all there, and we've uh, we've agreed to it because when you click on the EULA, that you say, yes, I agree to it. Yeah, the 20,000 20, pages of legalese. Yeah. Right. We'll be right back, guys. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Every time I think about the government collecting data, I just think about that theme in the background. Captain, <laughs> <laughs> Captain America. Ooh. But uh, yeah, we're going to be here till 11 o'clock, guys. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we put the links up there, that Palantine company. Palantir. Tier company. Yes. A big data company, been around since 2003, Dennis yeah. was referencing. And they right. just... They take your data, whatever data it might be, public data you were saying. Well, uh, they do public data. They also gather data in other places, and they resell it. And they also resell their algorithms mm. to other companies that are interested in doing their own analysis of data. Right. So, yeah, it's a it's a big operation over there. All right. So let's get to your calls. Nice enough to join us this morning. We're going to go to Ansonia next and Jerry. What's happening, Jerry? Good morning. Morning. I'm considering replacing my printer. All right. I have an iPhone and okay. I have a MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like to ask your opinion on what, what is a good investment for me. Well, what kind of printing do you do, Jerry? Just basic, like um, bills that I want to reproduce or airline reservations. Okay. So, believe it or not, the EcoSmart line of Epson printers has an amazing inkjet-style printer that very cost-effectively can be a printer for a long time. Yeah, those those are really nice machines. I know a couple of people that have them. They like them. Yeah. How about uh, one that has um, a toner? And a yeah, laser's good, too. 
And and honestly, uh, a black and white laser jet, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily HP, but you know any kind of a laser, any kind, maybe what you want, um, because maybe you don't need to print in color all the time. And who wants to print your bills oh, in don't. color? Yeah, I, I mean, don't you, print it all in color. Well, oh. all right, there you go. There you we go. Get yourself a relatively inexpensive uh, laser printer. Yeah, and it will be cost effective. Um, the only thing that I'm going to warn you about is when you buy it, it's going to come with a quote-unquote starter cartridge, yeah. which will probably only print a couple hundred pages, and you're going to be stumped for a toner cartridge, you know, maybe a couple months from now, and that means when you buy the printer, buy a matching toner cartridge right? so that you've got it when that starter cartridge dies. And don't change it until it actually dies. Right. The printer yeah, will you're, complain go way ahead, too early. Well, go ahead and keep keep printing as long as you're able to print yeah. with that original cartridge. It's just that they don't last very long. And right. I know so many people, they get a printer, they start using it, and as soon as they really feel comfortable with it, suddenly they got to go out and get a toner cartridge. Mm-hmm. You may as well just buy them together. Yep. Well, how about the brother? Uh, it's called um, Laser HL two three nine five. How much is it? Well, it's one ninety nine at Amazon today. Okay, it's not a bad that, price that for a laser. That should be good. Um, a lot of IT guys are not fans of Brother, right? And in but a for business home, okay. setting, in a business setting, they're not the best. Right. But I do like them. I have a Brother laser. It's a color laser mm-hmm. at home, and I yeah. love it. There you go. Um, and they're very nice. They're, those are cost effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the toner cartridges aren't going to set you back too much. So Jerry, now here's the big fifty thousand dollar question: Did the internet reach out to you and say, Jerry, you need a printer today, or were you actually looking? Oh, I was actually looking. Okay, cool, good. Isn't that weird? I mean, isn't it weird how you just walk around and all of a sudden a printer ad hits you right in the face? You're like, did I talk about that out loud? I, I ignore those things. But yeah. Amazon's charging 76 for a toner. Well, t- t- double check around to see if that's a good price. Uh, you yeah. can't trust Amazon for pricing. Um, you exactly. never can. So, yeah, shop around. So if you don't like the Brother particularly, what would be the other <clears throat> Oh, I, I think Brother is good for a home. Yeah, but the other I, I, it's a very good option. The alternative would be HP. If you want right. to find a two hundred dollar HP laser, that'd be the other alternative. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much. You're welcome, Jerry. Guys, you've been very helpful. All right. Good Bye luck. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. So she's gonna print her bills in laser quality. I love it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to uh, Steve in Woodbury next. What's happening, Steve? Hey. Good morning, guys. Morning. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. Uh, I've got an, uh, an external piece of equipment with a uh, an Ethernet in, an Ethernet interface that yep. I'm trying to hook up to my computer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can't get the can't get the interface to work. I'm not sure if it's a software issue or a hardware issue. Uh, the computer I'm using is a, is an HP Slimline. It's an i7 processor with eight gig of, uh, of memory. Mm-hmm. But you're not Steve. You're not connecting it directly. From Ethernet port to Ethernet port, are you? Uh, well, no, no, that's uh, that's not what I'm doing. Is there a switch in the middle? Excuse me. Is there a switch in the middle? Uh, yes. I'm good. Using- good. Absolutely. That was what I was worried about, but great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got an unmanaged switch. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm got the the uh, the equipment hooked up to the switch and the uh, computer is hooked up to the to the switch. They're All both right. hooked up. And there's also my internet. Connection is hooked up through the switch, also. So okay. they're basically 
one input and two outputs into for the switch. What's the IP address of the thing you're connecting that that piece of equipment? Do you know? Uh, let's see. It's one nine two one six eight one one hundred. All right. And what's the IP address of your machine? Well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. I'm not entirely sure I've got that set properly. Where would I uh, Where would I find that? You can just you can open up Control Panel on your computer or the Settings app. Yeah, I've got Control Panel. All right, that's good. You're you're a man after my heart because I love Control Panel. Uh, <laughs> then you open up uh, Network and Sharing Center. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've got. All right. And over on the left, you'll see a couple of options. One of them is change adapter settings. Okay. You're going to click on that. Yep. And then you're going to double-click on your uh, your Ethernet connection. It might just say uh, uh, LAN connection or something like that. I'm not sure what the label is that you'll mm -hmm. see, yeah. but it will be that connection. Okay, I've got that. All right, double-click that. And then uh, there'll you'll get a small window and you'll see a details button. Click that. Okay. Now one of the one of the pieces of information in there will be IPv4 address. You're gonna want to take that down. Okay. So what is not, that? Not take it down. Write, well, write, write it, it down. down. Sorry. <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> yeah. it, I understand what you mean. All right. The other way to do that quickly is just to go to write it, do a CMD in the search box and type in IP config. Dennis told you the, the control panel way, which is a good thing to know. Right. Um, but IP config within a command prompt will also give you what your IP address is. What we're at, what we're looking for is to make sure that you're in a 192.168.1. network as well. Right. If you're in a different network, like if you're a 65.32.12.10, which is a ridiculous IP then scheme. Then your devices you. wouldn't be talking to each other. Right. You want to be in the same scheme. So all, all three octets have to be part of the right scheme. Okay. All right, well, the IPv4 address is 10.008. Yeah, that's why yeah, you can't talk to you're it. you're on a different network. So, so, so what you have to do is give your device a 10.0.0.30. Give it a 30. Yeah. And now you'll be able to see it. All right, so let me, hold on, let me edit this. So I've got to change with the 192 address to 10.00 something? Correct. Correct. Other than the 8. Don't give it the 8. Then you're yeah. going to have what's called an IP conflict. Two, you can't have two devices that are on the same address. All right, hold on one second. This takes a takes a second. Oh, what you don't trust me? You don't think we're right? Oh. You're gonna hold it. You're gonna be like, all right. Uh, I, I, I think I, he. I think he's actually doing it right the now. Change. Yeah. yeah, that's what he's yeah. doing. <laughs> the, the equipment right now. All I right. got. Uh, okay. Oh, hold on a second. Uh -huh. That didn't work. You get well. Yeah. So we'll put you on. Why don't we put you on hold? Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on a second. I think I've got it. I changed it to ten zero zero three. Would that work? It might, as long as nothing else in your network has that address. Three, yeah. All right. So you think maybe a larger number would be better? Yeah, I would. I would go up. Yeah, thirty or more. I would think. Okay, I put in thirty. Ten zero zero thirty. Okay. Yeah. And now you should be able to see it. However, you're communicating with it. Is it a software program you're going to communicate? What kind of device is this? Uh, yeah, it's a software program. The manufacturer is uh, software. Okay. All right. So you should be able to click on the manufacturer software. It should be able to go out and find this device. Now, it may need to be told what address it's at. 
Yes. Um, some software is smart enough to find things. Some sm- uh, software is not, and it needs to be told where the thing is. And you put it on 30. The other thing you're going to have to mess with, Steve, because we're going to we've caused a problem for you now, is that you have what's called in your network a DHCP server. That dev- that server is handing out addresses on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. At some point, it could try to hand out 30. Yes. And it could hand out 30 to you, and now you have an IP conflict. Um, so what you need to do is set up DHCP address reserves so that it starts handing out addresses after 30. So the next address it'll hand out is 31. And that mm-hmm. way you'll know 30 will never be impacted by the DHCP server. Now, you could run the, roll the dice, and for the next three or four years, it may not ever yeah, happen it, to you. It, you may never run into it. Absolutely, you might not. But I'm not using any kind of a server. I'm just- well, you are. Something in your network is giving you the address of 10.0.0. whatever you had. Possibly your your router or firewall or even you might have a modem that's doing everything. Right. And that might be giving it out. Okay. Yes, you have a server in there somewhere. Now I've still got the same error message. What is what is the message? Well, it's a it's a well it's the first thing it's giving me a bunch of different errors, but the primary error that I, is that the IP address host name uh, is not correct. Okay, host name, right? So this could be from a file within your system. Oh. Go to your, go type in CMD in the lower, you know, and you're running Windows 10, I assume. Yeah. Type in CMD. You're gonna get to a command prompt, and from the command prompt, type in ping, P-I-N-G, space. Ping. Yeah. Space the address you just gave that device. Ten dot zero dot zero dot thirty. Uh, is there a space? Ping space. Yeah. 10.0.0.30 and then hit enter. Okay. Did it did it reply? Uh yeah, ping 10.0.0.30 with 32 bots of data 32 bytes of data. Okay. okay. So it is out there and is it's responding. It's talking it's talking back. So your software is misconfigured now. Yes. Your software is looking for it somewhere else. You got to tell the software where you pl- where it is. Uh-huh. It's that host could be a host file that is that it's within the or, software or the device ha- it has a host name that it's broadcasting and maybe something's wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hold but, on. I think I know. I think I know where the problem where that change needs to happen. Just give me one second. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to be doing with this thing? Launching? A, is it a space shuttle? What? What are you? What is this thing? <laughs> it's a it's a communications receiver. That's you know basically a computer. <laughs> Okay. Oh, all right. Uh, now, am I putting in ten zero zero eight in the? Uh, no, you have eight. No, you. Yeah, your computer has eight. So I've got to make that a thirty. Yes. Okay. Let's see if that works. I think you're getting onto something here, Steve. Let's see what happens now. But this is how networking works, folks. Uh, you're, you know, you're, you're trying to communicate with two devices. You have to have addresses, IP addresses. This is how the internets work. This is yeah. how everything works. It's all by address. Yes. And the packets need to know where to go. And if you're on a different network, different IP scheme, the packets don't know where to find the right. thing you're they talking to. They don't know how to get to where they need to go. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I mean, the mirror message hasn't come up yet, but it's giving me a not responding message well we pinged it we know it's responding so it's in your right. software you have to tell it where it is because you pinged it and it responded right okay, so it's something to do with the uh, the company software i have to get configured correctly yep. yeah yeah what you gotta do so. is rt rtfm as we call it read the flipping manual <laughs> there's something in there that tells you where to find that and how to set up that ip address that you just set statically 
Okay. You're on your way, I promise you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You're at least halfway there now. Problems for me because I wasn't sure if I had the the thing wired up correctly even. Right. Yeah, you start to you don't know where to start when you when you're dealing with network issues. Well, this is exactly what we deal yeah, with every day. Yeah, we do it all the time. So, you're on the right track, Steve. Call us back. We're here till 11. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. We're going to let Steve go. He's going to get read the manual. Uh, it's usually where it is, and we're going to get to your calls. We're going to step out for a quick break. So, Chuck, hang on. We're going to get to your call in, after the break here. And, then, of course, you've got three lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. And then coming up at 10, just after the news, Wes Bryan from IT Pro TV will join us. And he'll tell you how you can get trained up in IT. And we because, need you. Yes, you want to work in IT. It's amazing that in it's, all these years we haven't been more flooded with people interested in the IT field because there's jobs aplenty. Yeah. Um, but everyone seems to be like, oh, I'm IT. Uh, I'm not IT savvy. I'm not IT literate. Well, IT Pro TV can help with that. Well, how do you think guys like us figured all that stuff out? I don't know, man. I mean, we weren't born tech savvy any more no. than you were. So, hey. Most IT people do tend to be logic savvy. But even that's kind of gone out the window now because uh, logic doesn't matter anymore. It's running, know, it's running windows. Sadly. <laughs> yeah. So let's get back to your calls. We're going to go to Chuck and see what's going on with Chuck. What's going on? Hey, guys. How Hi. are you? Good. How are you? I'm uh, involved on a volunteer basis with a local municipality, uh -huh. and we tried to purchase ransomware insurance. You tried, and, and they wouldn't sell it to you? They would not sell it to us. They turned us down. Hmm. Huh. They apparently said that we are uh, missing some software or something, and I'm wondering, am I hearing baloney, or is, is that... No, so it's it's real. So basically, when it comes to ransomware insurance, they're getting their, they're getting their lunch handed to them. They're getting destroyed. Um, yes. People are... I mean, we've seen examples of, of companies that we've picked up as new clients who have been hit with $90,000 ransoms that uh, they had to then negotiate down to $70,000 ransoms. And thanks to the fact that they had cyber insurance, it didn't come out of their pocket. Even the remediation of the issue didn't come out of their pocket. Even getting the um, the crypto folks involved to figure out you know, who forensically attacked them was all covered by the insurance. But it would have cost them probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sure. Now, if you're if you're not putting in proper technologies to reduce the chance of your being hit, it's kind of like, you know, if you're you know dr drunk uh, drunk driver all the time, you know, they're not going to give you insurance for your car, right? So, the technologies that are out there that these insurance companies are requiring, some of them are crazy draconian things. Yes, we've seen people say, well, you can't have cyber insurance because you run an exchange server, and then the client says, well, I'm going to go to some other cyber insurance provider. Yeah. Um, but in many cases, they want you to have security awareness training active, right? This is a tool so that your people in your in your town get trained up on the things to look for when it comes to cyber attacks and, and false emails and trickery in, within their emails. They want you to have two-factor authentication active. They want you to have some sort of next-gen antivirus, uh, EDR, MDR technology, which is going to actively stop an attack in its tracks. They're going to want you to have a proper backup that allows you as a as an entity to recover from an attack whereby you're not down for weeks as a town, right? So your server has to have good uh, disaster recovery backup. So you can check with a different insurance source, Chuck, or reach out to companies like Tab, 
and they'll tell you what you're missing. Um, right. And they can help you get to so where here, you can buy here's, it. Here's my yeah. second question. Yeah. Right on that theme. Yeah. So we've had a company. Yeah. How come they didn't catch this before the insurance company caught it? It's all happening right now. Yes. Um, we are getting deluge as a company as well, where uh, our clients are saying, oh my gosh, our, 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 our insurance firm won't renew us. I need to get this, 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 and this. All at the same time. Yes, everybody is learning more and more all at once. And and we and, the, and companies like us had offered these technologies, but of course they didn't want to write the check until the uh-huh. insurance company says, "Well, now you got to write the check. Now you got to wear your seatbelt." So I hope yeah. that helps you, Chuck. We're coming up against the break here. I, I know. Okay. I, we you. can we can hold you over if you want to talk more about no, it. No, this is good. All right. Uh, I, okay. I got enough. All right. We'll I, be. Right. I, I don't want to fire the company. Though. <laughs> right, we'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 